to the rap lab. Walk, walk, walk to the rap lab. gentlemen it's sunday so you know what that means it's all new episode of the rap lab podcast it's your boy the candy man the alfre to d this is your boy the rev barber mc and it's the one and only true g just call me the QG. and uh before we uh begin tonight today's episode a uh, couple of things to get out of the way like we've been saying for the past couple of months uh, June, June 25th to the 27th, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Uh, myself and Mr. Rev Barber will be live in the building, showboat, casino, and hotel. Atlantic City on the boardwalk, chilling for the boardwalk buds convention. $100 gets you into six wrestling shows, two MMA shows, a comedy show. If you single, or even if you hooked up, but you still want to mingle, they even got speed dating, and they got a game room. By the way, I don't advocate you cheating but you know show for we gotta plug it but uh yeah boardwalk buds convention uh uh unfortunately qg can't be there but me and uh rev will be there come by say hi get high so yes sir and uh with that out of the way also i want to say uh peace to our friends of the show mr barry granite of all even podcast uh the cool brother malik long of the cool podcast and Chef Patrick Lee, who's going to be cooking up a podcast coming soon. So stay tuned for details because, you know, we got studious minds, you heard? And uh, with that being said, normally I facilitate these episodes of the Rap Lab podcast, as y'all have come to know since the beginning. However, I'm going to graciously hand the floor over to QG. Uh, this episode was his brainchild. So who better to facilitate the conversation than the true G himself? So QG, take it away, bro. Much appreciated, Candy Man. Thank you for letting me facilitate this episode. And 
I know Red Barber MC is ready for this. What we're going to do right here, everybody out there in the rap lab, we're going to talk about anti-police records. What we're looking at is police brutality and hip-hop. It is a very, very touchy subject with everything going on. And before I get it underway, I want to issue a disclaimer for everybody out there listening. This episode and our thoughts and beliefs are in no way an attack against police officers. If you yourself, a fan of the Rap Lab, are in law enforcement, if you have family that's in law enforcement, this is not an attack on anybody of that sort. What we're attacking is injustice caused by police brutality. And uh, may I may I interrupt one brief second, Q, before you continue? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, also, for those of you who ha- are familiar with our past episodes, even if you're not in interested in getting into the archives, I believe that this episode will serve as a great companion piece to episode 17, where we covered um, uh, racial inequality, um, police brutality, and its ties to hip-hop. So I believe like this episode is a continuation of that one. Again, that is episode 17, available in the archives if you scroll down the episode list. Without further ado, let's get right into it. Police brutality, what is it as a definition? And I will give you all the definition right here. Police brutality is the excessive and unwarranted use of force by law enforcement. It is an extreme form of police misconduct or violence and is a civil rights violation. It also refers to a situation where officers exercise undue or excessive force against a person. Police violence includes but it's not limited to physical or verbal harassment, physical or mental injury, property damage, inaction of police officers, and in some cases, death. Now, gentlemen, with that being said, let's take a good look at something very, very personal. I'm going to start with you, Rev. Have you ever had any run-ins with the police? I actually have. Actually, was um, an FBI agent. Uh, he was doing an investigation around my house. I was just a young knucklehead kid, and I'm not gonna lie, I was harassing him a little bit. But he got physical with me. He actually had punched me in my mouth. He lured me around. The, yeah, he lured me around the corner, and um, acted like he was gonna talk to me, which I agreed to have a conversation. I wasn't cussing them out or anything. I was just being a kid, just being wild, just bringing attention to what they were doing. But when he lured me around the corner, he just gave me like a sucker punch to the mouth. And luckily, my friends were there and they all ran around the corner and just started screaming at him and pretty much saying, like, how could you do that? He's he's a kid and all how that. How old were you at the time? How old were you? I was about 12, 13. Jesus. Yeah. And... You know, they continued doing what they did. I went my way, but I was just surprised that he would lay hands on me. And I, I know I was just a punk kid and I needed some guidance and just needed just probably a small talking to. You know, I didn't really understand what was going on. Just that this dude was just in my neighborhood and just looking all through the trash cans. And in my opinion, just at the time, just being nosy. I didn't know what he was doing and I didn't even know he was an FBI agent. And so he pulled me around the corner and explained who he was and what he was doing and then he just 
sock me in my mouth. <laughs> I was just uh-huh. so surprised and just caught off guard that that an, an adult had hit me in my mouth other than, you know, someone related to me or a family, not that they did or anything, but just someone I didn't know, a total stranger. And being that he was an FBI, my initial thought is, you know, I can't react. I can't hit him back. I can't, you know, to protect myself with the myself because when we're young, we're trained to you respect the law and pretty much obey. And, you know, it may be different nowadays, but back then, you know, our parents always told us just to respect our elders, especially law enforcement and stuff like that. But it, it just caught me off guard. I couldn't believe that a fed had laid hands on me. That's wild. You mind if I ask you um, what race he was? He was Asian. He was Asian. Yeah. How did you How did you find out that he was actually a Fed? Well, when he pulled me around the corner, he had showed his credentials and everything, and saying that they were pretty much just conducting an um, investigation in my neighborhood for some guy, or whatever. Because initially, um, he came up to me. My friends had asked for um, a dude. I don't remember his name. And when he had did that, he didn't explain anything. He didn't say who he was or anything. So we were heckling him because we just thought he was just just being nosy or just, you know, we, we were kids. You know, we just just finding ways to be annoying. And, you know, when he pulled me around the corner, I thought he was just going to like, you know, this is important that it's like whatever. I didn't expect him to be a fed or anything. And, you know, he was dressed like, you know, well and everything. But I didn't think much of it. Yeah, that's so deep, man. I mean, nobody, nobody should go through anything like that. And he definitely shouldn't put his hands on you. Yeah. Wow, um, I have another experience, too, if I could share real quickly. No, um, I, actually, I actually um, had got profiled as well because um, where I'm from in Astoria, they used to have the MS-13s meet up in the park. And at the time, I was just hanging around. I was about 17, 18, and just sitting on a bench, just a female friend. And I noticed that the MS-13 had their little meetup, and I was telling her, pretty much just don't make no contact or anything like that. Just, you know, if they say anything, they look, just just focus on, like, just us chilling here because they, they, they were pretty, they don't play, the MS-13s. And it was pretty much a sting operation. There's, like, five entrances and exits in the park, in Hoyt Park, and the police ran in all those entrances and exits. And came and got all of them. And I stood up just kind of looking at what's going on. And I got pulled and dragged to the floor. And they're like, search to me, taking everything out of my pocket. I'm just surprised. What's going on? What did I do? (laughs) And I I correlated that they thought that I was with them, being that I'm Hispanic. And I guess I kind of blended in with those guys. And when they had me, they cuffed me and put me. We had a football field. It's not a soccer field, but they had put me like on the 10-yard line there, and one of the police had um, brought me up and had asked if I'm affiliated with them and asked me where I lived and asked me if I was carrying a shotgun. And I said, with all due respect, I'm wearing shorts and a jersey. Carrying a shotgun? Yeah, pretty much. Um, And I said, with all due respect, I'm wearing shorts and a jersey. I I, I wouldn't be able to fit it anywhere. I'm, I'm not affiliated or anything or down with these guys. And um, they had conversed amongst themselves, and then they wound up uncuffing me and letting me go. Oh, my Lord. Unbelievable. How they just cuff you and then and, and, 
and then and then just question you like that. Like, come on, man. And I was nowhere near those guys. Those guys were on the other side of the park in their circle, jumping each other in and doing their business. I just happened to be by the basketball court, just sitting with my female companion. I just stood up and looked. Man, they had no right to profile you. They had no right to do that. That is that's that's, that's horrible, man. But I mean, thank you for sharing that part. I'm just gonna be brief with mine. I had two situations. Um, one of them, I was you know stopped and frisked, and you know I was put on the ground and pockets checked, all that stuff. And I'm like, yo, I was just I was just so tight, embarrassed, frustrated, you know, like they could just walk up on you and say, hey, you know. Put your hands up against the wall. You no, know, let, let me see if you're carrying anything. And, and it was it was about two of them. This situation happened in Queens. It happened in Jamaica Avenue. Mm. And yeah, I was you know I was coming from work. I was coming from work. I take the train, take the bus. I'm coming from work, minding my own business. And all of a sudden, you know, they here they come, walking right behind me. And then you know, I, I mean, I did what they asked them to do. I didn't resist nothing. I'm clean. They let me go. Um, I could go further back to Astoria. Yeah, I got I got an Astoria uh, story, bro, on Dip Mars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, you know, we was getting out of St. John's. We was, you know, going upstairs to the train platform. I'm drinking a Sprite on the platform. Right. Pop gonna come over. He gonna come over to me. You know, I can arrest you for that. I said, arrest me for what? For drinking a Sprite on the platform. I was like, officer, with all due respect, I'm not littering. I'm not doing anything to anybody. I got my sprite in my hand. Everybody was there. They, you know, all, all, all everybody from um, St. John's was there. You know, standing yeah. around and everything. We was just, we was just chilling. There ain't no problem with nobody. And he was just giving me a lot of grief verbally. You know, saying, you know, oh, oh, well, you know, um, I know what kind of person you are. Da, 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 da. And it was a white cop, by the way. Mm. And you know, he just sees us all there. He's targeting me. I'm like, and I said, officer, you see the way I'm dressed? Obviously, you know where I'm coming from. So why are you harassing me? Boy. And I and I didn't say it in a, in an argument of tone or anything like that. I'm talking to this guy, but he just kept going on and on. And, and you know, thankfully, you know, the train came. I got in the train. We got away. Everybody was there just watching, because you know they ain't want nothing to go down. They ain't know what was gonna what was about to go down. Right. So that was you know that was you know that's my story. But uh, Candy Man, I'm gonna come to you. Have you had any incidents with the police? uh quite a couple um well first off um when i was a kid i didn't um it's funny because tuesdays and thursdays where i'm from is when the police would do their sweeps so you know watching from watching from the com- the well the confines of my bedroom window i would see the sweeps and you know they would uh round up whoever they were looking for whoever they thought was suspicious and haul off with him, you know? So, but my first experience, um, I'll never forget, I was in the 12th grade in high school. And it was myself and two classmates. And y'all know how high school goes. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're a senior, you don't have that many credits left. So, depending on what your schedule is, you may get out of school early. Mm-hmm. So, yes. I used senior year, I used to get out of school. I was done after fourth period. So... Uh, my friends and I, the way, so I went to John Jay High School in, um, in Park Slope, Brooklyn. So the way the school is, on the corner, across the street from the school, is a Rite Aid. So a couple of friends of mine, um, we're, we're just waiting, 
for another friend of ours to get out so that we could go ahead and go about our business. And a cop walks up to us and asks us why we're not in school. Now, mind you, it's like 11.45 in the morning uh, in the middle of the week. So normally you see young people, you would think, all right, you should be in school. So I, I get it. But his tone of voice, like when we told him, like, uh, we just got out, his tone of voice changed, and I felt he was about to fuck with us. And luckily, by the grace of God, the teacher that we had just got out of class from walked up behind the cop and was like, officer, I just dismissed them. And that, and the, and, and the, uh, the funny thing is the cop was white. Our teacher was white. It was my English teacher. I never forget her, Miss Rowley. And um, I don't know if she would have never had that timing to walk, to roll up. I don't know what would have happened. And like the cop, the cop was like, all right, never mind. Y'all, you guys are good. And, she, and as he was walking away, she was cursing him out. I had never seen her like that. Mm. And um, I just, like, thank God that, like, A, she's compassionate because she could have just, you know, went the other way and went about her business. Because, you know, after after class is over, she really don't have no obligation to us. Her job is just to educate us. So, you know, I'm grateful she walked up. And then um, recently in my adult life, uh, for some, for one reason or another, cops just love to pull me over for no reason. <laughs> Every time I ask, well, what did I do? Can't get a straight, can't either, can't get a straight answer or I can't get an answer at all. You ask them what you do, license and registration. You ask them what you do again, step out the car. Like, I've, I've had my car searched. Uh, I've been searched. And... Same tune every time. All right, you you can go because they didn't find nothing because they're not gonna find nothing. I don't have a police record, so you're not gonna you're not gonna find any criminal activity if you run my name. So, I feel like sometimes, and this is just my personal opinion, and I'm not attacking all cops, but I feel like some of these cops have a chip on their shoulder. They don't have nothing better to do. They probably need entertainment during a slow day, so they just just decide to fuck with innocent people. But. Yeah, protect and serve, right? Yeah, protect and serve their own interests. But yeah, that's my uh that's my experiences. Yeah, and and and, and I just wanna say to everybody out there who, who are fans of the show, if you yourself have ever gone through anything like this, tell us. Feel free to share and comment. Let us know. This is what we're here. We we don't just do the music, you know, we vent. This is about the art of expression. So you're not alone in this if you've been through it. Uh, uh, a question I, I also want to ask is, um, and, and we can keep going around. I'll, 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 I'll come back to you, Rev. Why is hip hop looked at as the voice to speak out against the cops? We've heard a plethora of records, so many hip hop records. Why is hip hop looked at as the number one genre when it comes to speaking out against injustice of police brutality? Want me to go? Yeah, yeah, Rev. Yeah, that's you. Um, so we're the ones that pretty much got most of the flack when it came to the way we were looked at, because I actually was just listening to an interview with someone from MTV and they were saying that when the who would perform, they had more fights than hip hop concerts, but they weren't publicly chastised 
for the way they did their concerts. And even with grunge rock bands, they had mosh pits and everything. But when it came down to hip-hop, they profiled us, they labeled us, and they threw us under the bus. And I feel like with our lyrics and our delivery, it comes across more brash, it comes across more defensive than, say, country, than, say, even rock and roll. Because before hip-hop was popularized, rock and roll was more so the the mouthpiece of, of you know, we're not going to take it and all that. Absolutely. But with hip-hop and our demeanors and the way we come across and just how passionate we are, they're afraid. They're threatened by us because they did a study as well, and... If you go to a country music concert, you have the same odds of getting into a fight or getting into any kind of physical altercation than a hip-hop concert. And I was blown back by that because I understand some of our delivery and some of the songs may incite some certain kind of energy. But my experience, when I went to a Griselda show, they were saying... That they had no confrontations or no fights in any of their shows, and they wanted to keep it like that. And they brought up something pretty interesting. They're saying that the real mob don't move like that. When we all t- together congregating, it's peace. Even if we're on opposite sides of the table and whatever our opinions are, whatever it is. But when we all come together to listen to a, a certain kind of music we all paid for, we all need to bring the peace. And I respected that. Amen. But, but more so, yeah, I, I believe that we just, we've always been the stepchild of music and the easiest target. And we just have the loudest voice and the strongest voice, I feel. Absolutely. That's spot on. Because, you know, we're very brash. We're very outspoken. And we relate to it. We got people that look like us that speak for us. We got people that have gone through the same situations, if not more. So with hip hop. You know, it's a it's a it's a generation. You know, music changes constantly, and with what we've been seeing now, you got people killed in their houses, you got people killed in their cars, you got people getting killed in the streets, you got people getting killed in front of their families. It's getting to a point where it's like the norm now. When you hear it on the news or you see it, you're like, again, it's like it just keeps happening over and over and over. How do you confuse a, a subway sandwich? or a cell phone, or a wallet for a gun. Aren't you supposed to be trained? Aren't you supposed to know the difference between things? You recently had a situation where somebody said that they pulled out their gun instead of their taser that they were allegedly reaching for. A taser is a different color than a gun. You don't know the difference. Fully loaded gun also weighs more than a a taser as well. Are you you kidding me? And then, not to mention the number of shots, are you shooting at an elephant? Right. You got Diallo getting shot a whole bunch of times. You got you got you got another little girl getting shot a, a bunch of times. And I need to clarify something. Yes, she did have a knife in her hand. Yes, she was getting into a situation. But there are other ways that you are trained as an officer to do something about that. The first thing you do is pull your pistol. Lethal force. I don't agree with that. And I and I and I think and I think that's ridiculous. But um to get back to everything, I'm going to go to you, Candyman, about the same question with uh, that I asked the Rev. Why is hip-hop looked at as the voice to speak out against the cops? Oh, that's easy, because hip-hop is, is 
hip hop was is from the streets for the streets. You know what I mean? Yes. For for the longest time, um, hip hop was referred to the, as the ghetto CNN. Um, hip hop was reporting that this is this is what goes on in our neighborhoods. A lot of it isn't publicized by the media, and what is publicized by the media is either a very negative portrayal or they're or they're leaving out a lot of different things. So it's only natural for, you know, for for I know we're gonna get into con- uh, uh, cop records in a, in, a, in in later on in this episode, yes. but like when you have songs like Trapped by Tupac talking about what's going on in the streets at the hands of the police and what's going on with black people, I feel like that put a target on hip hop's back. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's only natural for the police to target hip hop. It even got to a point where it was common knowledge that there was a thing, uh, such a thing as the hip hop police. Um, before Biggie, yeah, before Biggie and Pac both got murdered, they were being, uh, surveilled by FBI agents for apparently no reason. So, and I feel like law enforcement has always had it out for hip hop from the beginning. Um, you look at such things like, uh, Mac from No Limit, you look at Shine and their situations, how they got railroaded by the by law enforcement and the legal system for things that they claim that that they proclaim innocence on to this day that, you know, the physical evidence disputes in in their favor of innocence. So, I mean, hip hop and and law enforcement have always been at odds. Um, You want to take it one further? Um, even when NWA, they were, they were told in Detroit by the police not to perform fuck the police. And what happened when they said, fuck that, we're going to perform it anyway? Police stormed the concert and went after them. Yep. So I feel like hip hop and, and law enforcement have always been natural enemies just from the very beginning. Because it's, it's, okay. it's for the streets, by the streets, and, it, and it's, it, it's reported uh, what was in the streets. And... and there's always been a theme, bro. Um, there's always been a theme. No matter what the case was, Amadou Diallo was referenced, referenced by Wyclef. Um, the Rodney King incident influenced the day the niggas took over. That was on the chronic. So it's, right. al- it's always it's always been hand in hand, bro. Oh, yeah. Um, I couldn't agree more with everything you guys said. And to continue on with the records, um, I want to get into the popularity of Rockstar by the baby and Roddy Rich. But before I get to that, um, there's been many references, like you said, to the Rodney King incident. And the Rodney King incident spawned a spew of records. And just a quarterback, March 3rd, 1991, was the Rodney King incident. It happened on a Sunday. And to get into it, the man, clearly you could watch the video for those who haven't seen it. I advise you that it's a very cringe video. It's not for the faint at heart. What the cops did to this man, they beat this man severely. They bashed him in the head with their clubs. They forced him out of the car. They kicked him. They punched him. All of this is on tape. All of this is on tape. And then when the court situation happened and the hearing happened, all the cops got off. Each and every one of them was found not guilty. And Ice Cube, who who I love, 
he he cracked this thing wide open. He called the cops out by name. Stacy Coon, Brasino, Powell, Solano, and Officer Wynn. These were the cops that were involved in the incident. And like you mentioned earlier with the day the niggas took over, after the cops were found not guilty, the riots and um, the riot incident ensued. There was lootings, there was burnings, there was a whole bunch of stuff going on in response to this situation. And getting back to the subject, Rockstar by the baby, it deals with the George Floyd incident. And, and and for those that have kept up with it, we you know, we now, you know, we've seen and heard heard the verdict of of what went down with that. And we're just waiting patiently to see what kind of a sentence it would be. But here's the thing that I why I chose Rockstar. Obviously, you guys heard it. It played everywhere. And I, I applaud the baby and Roddy Rich for using their powers to make a record that that the youth can listen to and understand. But I think a lot of people are missing the point because you got people that are just rapping to it. But are they really paying attention to what he's saying and trying to pursue? Because there are, they have been other records. Eminem has done records against the cops. J. Cole, Big Crit, where they speak about brutality and incidents. So, Rev, why do you think that record in particular, Rockstar by the Baby, got so much play? It's more catchy. And it, it it's it's kind of friendly. If you didn't hear the lyrics or anything, you would kind of think it was just a radio tune. Right. When I'm in a barbershop and that comes on, and I'm not giving it my full attention, I just feel like it's just a regular song that's on rotation. When I first heard that song, I'm like, oh, man, they, they're talking about some deep stuff over here. And mm-hmm. it, it they came in peace, so to say. Right. right. Whereas... You know, fuck the police. <laughs> they wasn't. There was no kind of. Piece. It, it was more direct than yeah, than, yeah. than that type of record, right? Yeah, and it sounds more like a, a plea from the baby. And um, was that little baby that was there with him too? Yeah, it, it, it was him. It was Roddy Rich as well. Roddy Rich. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I get these uh, new guys confused. It's but the old. baby, yes, it sounded more like like a plea on on their part, just some more so like stop targeting us and but in our genre where we come from we don't ask nope <laughs> we damn sure don't we demand that's right uh candy man your thoughts about rockstar the baby and why was that played more than all the other records that we uh talked about well first off um you gotta remember the baby is of this new generation and the baby is one of the more popular rappers of today's generation. I think that's a safe assumption to make, correct? Oh, yeah. So, with the baby, uh, obviously, because the baby is known for trap records and he has a huge following. So, yeah. obviously, anything that he says is going to, people are going to listen to it. Also, where the song debuted and the visual behind it. He debuted that on where? The BET Awards. Correct. Where millions of people were watching. So everybody... So that's actually a smart move to get the message out because, you know, the BET Awards is one of the most watched, not just hip-hop, but just music awards in general. And he's already somebody who's very popular. So it's like a double whammy to get his point across. And just the visual that, like, if you go back out there, for those of y'all who want to see it, if y'all go back out there and watch the the performance live on the BET Awards, 
you see the visual of, of him coming face to face with the cop. You see him get pinned down on the ground, almost like George Floyd. So it's 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 very riveting. And again, the baby is one of those artists, and we've talked about the radio at length at nauseum on this show lately. But the baby is an artist that's all over Hot 97. He's all over Power 105. He's an artist that no matter what city you go to, he will be on the major hip hop station out there. So when you combine all of those factors and the fact, like Rev said, the song is catchy, it's it's a no-brainer the song is going to be popular. My only concern is, are people listening to the song for the message or are people listening to the song because it's the baby or are exactly. people just listening to the song because uh, it, it's a bop, as the kids would say. So. Good, 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 good point. Good questions. Absolutely. That's that's the, and that's the point that we're trying to make right here. What's the reason behind it? And I and I'm happy that we have something like that of somebody from the young generation. We need that. We need more of that. Use your voice. Use your power. Get that message out there because you know it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. This 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 has been going on for centuries. And we need people to be aware. We need people to learn. We need people to understand that things need to change. It has to end. And and to go into it, there's a site that uh, I would like you to pin to the episode when it's when it's when it's up, Candyman. Sure. It's it's uh it's an interactive site, and it's going to be there. It's by Al Jazeera. Um, Al Jazeera dot com. It, it's it's it's. It's riveting because they created an interactive site called Know Their Names, and it's black people killed by the police in the U.S. Recently, it was updated with um, Dante Wright, 20 years old, and um, it tells you what the person was doing, how the person was killed, and the action taken behind it. Now, um, we, I mean, we'd, we would love to go through everybody um, Rashad Brooks. We would love to go through everything. Uh, Daniel Prude, another name. We already mentioned George Floyd. You know, um, we're going to have this site up there for everybody to really check it out and see what we're talking about because it's it's scary when you really go through it. Have you guys been able to check it out? If you haven't, I'll send it to you one of these other days. Yeah, uh, I, I, I've seen it. And it's sad to look, and I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's, no, no, sad. it's sad to see on that site because some of these victims of police brutality that, that were murdered, and even some of them who were who survived, like Jacob Blake, there yeah. will be no justice for them. You know what I mean? So exactly, it, it, it's a tough pill to swallow. Exactly. Breonna Taylor sleep in our house like seriously this is what you do you know what i mean like and 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 when you look at it it's everywhere texas minnesota kentucky like ann arbor michigan like you 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 got all these incidents that go on you know even even here in new york new york And, and 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 you know what intrigues me the most guys it it all these people who've been who've been killed by the police, they range in all different ages. Yeah. Some in their twenties, some in their forties, some a lot older than that. And it's like, is it because just the color of your skin, where you are, the assumption being made is the reason why you get killed? 
like all these questions need to be asked and you know with hip-hop we need these messages to be put out there asap and and rev you mentioned it yourself about the radio like the radio you you have the power to get these messages out here these songs are very important so we're just going to go through a couple of them uh and, can, and i'm going to get I, your guys thoughts I, on it can i make a point about about yeah, what sure. you said about the radio no please so, please go ahead i think the issue with the radio is that they don't want to get political in fear of losing listeners because, and it's not just the radio, it's, it's sports. The people, yeah, the people that run it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big, big it's, it's sport. In, in, in every avenue of entertainment, I feel like not just the radio, but like overall in the world, um, because you see it, like you'll watch BET and before a broadcast, they'll have uh, a black screen with the hashtag black lives matter come up and then you'll watch other things. And you won't see, hear or see any mention at all. And I'm actually, if I can, I would like to give a shout out to the NBA, MLB, the oh, NFL, yeah. and the Absolutely. NHL because yeah, the George, WNBA also the as WNBA, well. They were they were part of it. Yes, because when George Floyd was first murdered last year, and I give I give them all the credit in the world because especially with athletes like like LeBron James, say whatever you want about the basketball player LeBron. But a lot of people were quick to say, oh, you shouldn't have to comment. Oh, shut up and play. Shut up yeah. and dribble. He's but getting railroaded N- right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. But the but the NBA and, and MLB, all the leagues, they, they were like, listen, we're going to cancel the games tonight because of what happened. Yes. Even, the, even the Milwaukee Bucks, a couple weeks later when Jacob Blake got shot, uh, and this was during the NBA playoffs, they refused yeah. to play. That's right. And... I agree. That's the right thing to do because all of these leagues have African Americans in their in their respective sports. These are these are people, the people that are being killed by the police innocently, or assaulted, or brutalized, whatever you want to call it. Um, they are people that these players look like, and they they come from where these players grew up, and some of them still have family that's there. So. Um, yeah, I, I just overall just wanted to shout that out because I feel like a lot of other avenues are afraid to get political because they don't they because and then imagine when MLB canceled all their games on that day that George Floyd got killed or uh, the day after there was so much backlash and like I just got disgusted reading the comments. It was disgusting. And like what's going on is bigger than everything else in the world. It's bigger than sports. It's bigger than music. It's bigger than TV. It's bigger than the entertainment world. You know, I understand some people want to escape, but these are issues that got to be tackled and addressed. And I'm, I'm sorry for the rant, but no, I no, feel, no, I feel really strongly about this. No, no, this is, this is, this is absolutely true. And, and, and I could throw this to you, Rev. Prior to everything going on, Colin Kaepernick, was a big component about this whole thing. So when that went down, what did you think of that? I was taken back by it. I didn't know how revolutionary he was or was going to be. When he took the stand, I was afraid for him because he has Nike. He has all these sponsorships. And I knew instantaneously that they was going to turn their back on him. It's not a popular thing what he did. A lot of people misconstrued what he did with disrespecting the military and 
disrespecting a flag and everything. No. He was trying to make a statement. He was trying to bring attention to everything that's going on. And now years later, everyone sees that he was right for doing what he did. And they even apologize. But it can't make up for him getting blackballed out the league and getting other teams to not want to sign him. The whole league did not want to touch this man. And he had he was all right. He wasn't the best quarterback, but he did go to a Super Bowl. That's right. Can't say that for many people. He did do that. And shout out to Nike for for giving him a lifetime endorsement contract as well. Because they didn't didn't have to do that. They could have backed away from him like everybody else. They they could have. Everybody done turned their back on him. Yeah. They were afraid to do any business with him. Yeah. Even EA Sports had taken them taken him out the game for one year. Yeah, and, and they, 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 he he was in the last Madden via um roster update. They put him in the free agent list. So Yeah, yeah, they had to re put him back. Yep. Initially they took him out, but I was surprised to see him back in Madden and they gave him his own custom jersey and everything, which is cool. Well you know athletes, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 continue. Athletes like him, like LeBron, I just when they say, you know, shut up and dribble, I understand a lot of people are focused on the game itself and wanting to be entertained, but these guys are human beings too. And not only that, these guys can relate to some of these guys. And they got I mean, families. They got kids. Yeah, George Floyd and Steven Jackson had a relationship. That's right. So you tell someone like Steven Jackson to shut up and dribble. I mean, they didn't say that, but if but an NBA player like him, how could you say that? This affects this man. This affects everybody you don't even have to be black for it for it to affect you i don't know if you guys know of this but there is a player in the nba uh he he currently plays for the houston rockets but when this incident happened to him uh he was a member of the milwaukee bucks uh sterling brown was assaulted by milwaukee pd outside of a oh i remember that that was one incident um i don't know if y'all remember right here in new york dabo cephalosha when he played for the thunder got into an altercation with police where they broke his femur. Yep. They assaulted him and broke his femur. He sued the NYPD and won. Yep. Mm-hmm. So right. celebrity status, you, the, they're the best basketball players in the world. They're active NBA players. And even they can't get away from police brutality. So it, it's crazy. And LeBron James has even gone on the record and said that even though he's like one of the most well-known people in the world and everybody – Everybody in public likes him. Deep down inside, uh, he's still afraid of police, which tells you a lot. Now, I read, not to cut it, but I read today that the LAPD is launching an investigation of him. I That's believe it. crazy. That's so ridiculous. Uh, all, all over the tweets that he put out. Yeah. And then and then and then he changed up the tweets to to uh, digress further into what he was really saying because everything was getting taken out of text, mm-hmm. and and they're calling him a racist. They're, you know, they're saying all these things about him, which is which is so ridiculous. And now the LAPD wants to launch an investigation. Are you kidding me? Come on. And and and, and what I was going to get into, I'm happy you guys tied into endorsements and everybody wanted to turn away from people just for standing up what they believe in. This goes right into Ice T when he did Cop Killer. When when Ice T did Cop Killer, he was signed to Warner Brothers. And we all know what's associated with Warner Brothers, the kid friendly, the cartoons and everything like that. And then AOL and Time Warner got involved in that. He did Cop Killer, Ice-T, to express what was going on in the ghettos and in the inner city of the crooked cops that do these type of things that go against society. 
And when he did that, it got hit with so much backlash. All these politicians, everybody was in uproar. The president of the United States at the time, George Bush, you had Dan Quayle, you had all these people, you had Warren Buffett, you had everybody come around, Bob Dole, all of them. They dropped Ice-T from Warner Brothers. They dropped him from his label. They put the pressure on Warner Brothers to let go of Ice-T. And it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's crazy when when all that went down. And, 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 and everybody out there that, you know, that criticizes, oh, well, you played a couple, Lord, order, da, da, da. That, that, no, 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 no. Listen to the record. It's a rock record with the rock group Body Count. And it's very brash and it's very direct about killing the crooked police. It tells the story of a cop pulling over somebody and harassing them for no apparent reason. And he said it at the beginning of the record. So with that going down, F the Police by N.W.A. is another direct record. And Candyman, you touched on the incident that went down in Seattle. Um, Rev, what what do you think of that record in particular? Because till this day, it still get referenced. When you listen yeah. to F the Police, it's a scenario of N.W.A. in a courtroom. And Eazy-E, Ice Cube, MC Ren, they're talking about incidents where they're being harassed. So... Why do you think that record in particular still gets looked at as the quintessential anti-police brutality record? Why that one? <laughs> well, the title, yeah. the chorus, <laughs> and a lot of people don't know the artistry of the song itself. Because as you just said, they're in a courtroom. They're pretty much putting the cops on trial. But that gets overlooked because of fuck the police. Just mm -hmm. saying that you... You say that, and it doesn't matter what genre of music or anything. You you're gonna turn your head like what? Because <laughs> that stands out more than anything. They got that FBI letter. You believe that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> FBI told them, man. But but how smart are those guys? Because they actually put that letter in their album cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They capitalized on it. So yeah, that's 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 kind of tight. So, uh, Katie, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you. But what are your favorites? Whoop whoop. You want to talk about that one, about Mr. KRS, Sound of the Police? Oh, man, you're talking about whoo, whoo, that's, that's the Sound what, of the Police. That's one of your uh, favorites. That's off of uh, Return of Boom Bap from 1993, KRS's uh, first album outside of Boogie Down Productions. And um, that song, at its time, was uh, also very popular. Um, of course, it didn't receive, like, no cease and desist letter like right. NWA, but... Um, and KRS is it was known for those type of records, you know, the, the conscious uh, political commentary, the social records. And um, yeah, man, like that, that song talks about um, how crooked cops can be. And, you know, when you hear those sirens, um, even if you're innocent, you may still want to get off the street because you, you never know who you never know who they coming for. And what stands out when he says officer and overseer, for those that don't know what an overseer is, this is somebody that looked over slaves. So it's like officer and overseer, it kind of goes together. And what did he say? The overseer rode around the plantation. The officers are patrolling all the nation. The overseer could stop you what you're doing. The officer will pull you over just when he's pursuing. So it goes hand in hand together on those sides. Can I, like, can I, so, can I make a, uh, a, a, a little detour while we're on KRS-One? 
Go ahead. Because he was known for these police records, too. Uh, I don't know mm. if you guys recall, but... Whoa! Black cop, black cop, whoa! Yep, yep. That was so, important. Yeah, because he also had commentary on, on the song Black Cop about how he felt about uh, African-Americans that joined the force and how he felt that they were sellouts and they turned on their own people. You know what? It kind of ties into Boys in the Hood. Getting into the the situation with that black cop who was harassing Morris Chestnut's character and Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character. He pulled the gun on Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character. Where he was like, I hate you little niggas, y'all little niggas ain't shit. What set you claiming? You a gangbanger? Like, it's like, you black. And you see this kid with a college coat on. Clearly, you know that this kid ain't do nothing. You just harassing him because you think he's in a gang. And I and one thing that stood out to me was when Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character, Trey, when he was a little kid, he met that black cop when their house got burglarized. And he wanted to shake the little kid's hand. Lawrence Fishburne said, go back in the house, Trey. And the, then the black cop looked at Lawrence Fishburne. He was like, something wrong. And then he looked at him. He was like, yeah, it's just too bad you don't know what it is, brother. That hit right, right in the head. I'm like, Shh. but how do you do you guys feel that way about black cops and Hispanic cops? You think you think if they join the force, you think that instantly makes them a turncoat? Rev, what you think of that? Oh man. Um, well, my uncle had joined the force initially because he was broke. Mm-hmm. Uh. He also tried to join, well, did join because um, kind of personal, but my biological mother had passed away yeah. a long time ago from AIDS, and yeah. she was into a lot of hard drugs as well, mm-hmm. and he had made a promise to try to lock up as many drug dealers as he could just to avenge her. I don't know if he carried on that mission fully, but what I can say about him is that his demeanor definitely changed. I always say that he lost his smile. He lost his sense of humor as the years went on working for the force. It's a cliche to say, like, oh, you're a seller, oh, you're a turncoat. Because some people do actually join for the right reasons, and they get tainted along the way. In the case of my relative, my uncle, I feel like initially he had good intentions just along the way he just i think got caught up too much in the politics and too much in the promotions and everything and you know he did well he moved up along the ranks and he's gonna retire soon but he's just he's just not the same anymore he's just not you know he don't laugh as much as he used to he's very serious i remember one time even when he when he first joined the force, he was a couple years in, and I came in late, and my mom was pissed, but he was there, and he put me up against the wall. I felt like a perp, and he started talking to me like a cop. Wow. Yeah, his whole I I didn't I felt like he was a total stranger in that moment. His everything was just so different in in his in his eyes, his his approach, everything, and I know that they go through a lot, and I know a lot is riding on them. They have a tremendous amount of pressure. But personally, me, because he had tried to get me a job in Nassau County and said it's safe and I pretty much wouldn't be dealing with the streets or anything like that. But 
I personally can't do it. I don't want to lose my smile. I don't want to lose the sense of who I am because of any perception of what they see on the outside of police or what they deal with. It, it's, personally, it's just not for me. But I wouldn't just go label somebody a, a traitor or a turncoat because they're joining the force because I feel most of the time people have good intentions, especially like us Latinos and blacks. We, we I feel like we would try to make a difference unless you was bullied in high school and you just carrying a grudge or something. Correct, correct, correct. And thank you for sharing that story, man. I hope people learn from it. Um, Candyman, uh, you touched on it, but is, is is that is that how you truly feel? If you're a so, black or minority, you, you know you think that they turn on their own if they join I, the police. I put it to you like this: I do firmly believe that you get some of these guys out here who who really do care and they they want to, you know prove that yeah all cops are not bad cops which they're not you really you have some good cops but i feel like these guys some of these guys they go and they join the force because they think that they'll be able to make a difference or make a change or quote unquote uh clean clean the place up and then they 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 realize to their dismay once they get in there that there's already an established culture and you can't change it because there are gatekeepers of that culture that are very much still in power and have been in power for a very long time. Amen. And that right. even those who don't agree with the things that they do, they just turn their backs and turn the blind eye to it. Because I feel like, you know, if you're a good cop and you go and you speak out against the rogue cops, um, now you become a target yourself. They try to sabotage you, force, force your way out of the force and all this other type of stuff. So, um, but I do believe because they fall in line with the culture, that's when they become sellouts. Right, right. Because I, I, right. the culture is the, the the established culture. You know, harass innocent people. If you got a quota to fill, because we all know, like, like let's 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 not be done. Let's not be ignorant here. Cops have like this unwritten quota that they gotta fulfill, and I firmly believe that sometimes somebody gets arrested. And they get arrested on a drug charge, and they didn't have that cocaine on them when the cop approached them. They didn't get that cocaine in their back pocket until they were handcuffed and they were frisked. Correct. So, yep. uh, I, I, I agree so, with that. So while I do believe that some of these guys are good guys at heart, you know, they got to fall in rank. They got to fall in line. They got to, quote, unquote, get with the program, which I know is a very popular saying amongst uh, and cop speak, so. Right. I want to read you guys a lyric uh, of something. I mean, if I mean, if you want to add to what you were saying, you got you got you got more for it. No, what I what I was saying though, um, before uh, before you go, uh, hmm. it's, just, it's just unfortunate because I feel like cops are in one of three categories. You have one category which there are not many that fit into who are genuinely good people who want to help people and do their jobs and protect and serve the people. Then you got the second category, which they only became cops because it allows them to have a career where if they do it um, at a young age, like they, they get on the force at 19, 20, 21 years old, they can do 20 years and retire and start collecting pension money uh, earlier than most other professions. I know other professions throughout the city of New York you got to reach, I believe, 62 or 63 
before you could get a, a retire retirement money and a pension. And then okay. you got you got uh the third category where, you know, they just bastard trigger happy punk police. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better. Uh, I want to read you guys a lyric. Uh, you you know you guys are baseball fans. I I, I want to get your opinion on what on what on what you think this means. And this is from Main Source called A Friendly Game of Baseball. For those that don't know, just this quick report. RBI, real bad injury. Don't get happy. You're in jail for a century. Just as bad as being shot in the groin. To see who shoots you, they'll flip a coin and watch him run for the stretch. But you don't know the man is at home waiting to make the catch. So the outfielder guns you down. You're out. Off to the dugout. Underground. What you guys think of that? What you think of that, Rev? Amazing, amazing lyricry there. When I, because um, I ain't gonna front. I wasn't familiar with that mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. I've heard of it, but I've never heard the song. Right. But when I heard it, because um, we went over our list. I made a playlist actually on Spotify. Oh right, um, wonderful. <laughs> it's hey. called "Fuck the Police," though. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Good title. I think Good title. I actually <laughs> think that um, it's gonna be uh downloaded and and shared a lot because of the title um and i'm not doing this for personal reasons or anything i just honestly did it from a podcast and stuff but yeah and it's called that because fuck the police was the first song that i put on there so it automatically right. names the t- uh, playlist for you but while i was listening to it it stood out to me from a lot of the songs that we were you know we had to, had to do our homework on that's right and i loved it and it just the way they well, large professor in them had with the metaphors to baseball and everything and and his message it, it wasn't so brash but it was direct and it made you look at it from a different perspective of, of a game you yes. know like baseball yes i wish yeah. i wish that song was a little publicized more than than the other ones not more so than fucking police but like the other songs that are noted for pretty much speaking about the cops because it it, it gives it more more swag it gives it more i feel like it'll be more respected if somebody listens to it you don't even got to be a baseball fan to understand the the metaphors he was kicking here but i I liked it i liked it a lot man i was yeah yeah kudos to them man main source i love classic album too yes yes very creative i I mean i love the way that they tied it in together hearing those lyrics candy man what did you think of that well, as somebody who is a baseball fan, um, right. by the way, cheap plug, uh, Metropolitan Report, Apple, Spotify. <laughs> Go uh, check that out. Check that yeah, out. Yep. It's, it's about Mets baseball. So if you love the Mets or baseball, check that out. But um, as somebody who's a baseball fan, like that message in the song, the way that they're wording it, it could fly over somebody's head. But if you once you know what they're talking about, you know. Because uh, similar to baseball, when a guy rounds third on a hit, sometimes he blindly runs around third and goes for home thinking he could score, not realizing that the opposing catcher is there waiting to make the play on him and tag him out. Now he's got to go back to the dugout. So the wordplay makes perfect sense. And that, that tells me, you know, people, again, people get framed by the cops all the time. So... That's 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 what that meant to me, you know. But um, dope song. Uh, if you had never heard of their first album, Breaking Adams, I heavily suggest that y'all go and uh, check that out. That's not true. not just 
and if you're not listening to it for live at the barbecue, for those of y'all who know, y'all know, <laughs> um, definitely check it out for a friendly game of baseball. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Right, here's another record coming at y'all, and this is this is pretty much direct. Get up, get 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 down. Now one one's a joke to your town. And for those that know Public Enemy, I mean, you gotta know as political and powerful as they are, they would talk about something like this. Let me let me ask you both this, because I've heard this statement before, and it goes with the record, but a lot of people are saying, what's the point of calling the cops? What's the point of calling them? Because they're not going to come on time, you know, um, depending on what it is. And, and Chuck D said it himself, and they said it themselves, but late. And, and 911 was a joke, because they always... Because they always joking. They the token to your life when it's croaking. They need to be in a pawn shop. On a nine one one is a joke. We don't want them. I'll call a cab because a cab will come quicker. What do you What do you guys think of that? And and, and you and I'm sure you've seen it out in the, in in the neighborhoods, depending on the crime. Rev, you think you think nine one one is a joke sometimes? Like it like it, it don't even make sense to call the cops for Man, certain incidents. Sad enough to say. I actually had spewed that line to get a little bit personal here. Mm. There was an incident within my family where um, I don't want to reveal too much and stuff like that, yeah, but there, yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. there was an incident within my family mm-hmm. where um, there was abuse happening in the house mm. and happening pretty much when we were getting the messages that it was happening. And we had told ACS, we had told the police that it was happening right now and they need to go there at that very moment. And they wound up going to the wrong house. Oh, Lord. And we actually had to wind up contacting other relatives and family members because we was out of town and they had to pretty much come and intervene and then bring them to the police station. And we had to put justice in our hands at first and you know everyone says call acs call the police like it's like it's such a magical easy thing to do but you would you would think that that's that's the ultimate solution you would think like yeah let me just do that you know they're gonna but i don't know what's going on in some of these stations or some of these departments that where you go to the wrong house while abuse is happening you know children could have died that day Lucky enough, they were good, and my family members reacted quick and and pretty much defused the situation, but we could have lost somebody that day. And had we done what we were told since we was young and just rely on law enforcement and, you know, just put it in their hands and do the quote-unquote right thing, you know, it would have been a whole different end of the story. But, yeah, <laughs> and I don't want to say they're a joke. Because there are hard-working officers. There are people who work hard in their departments at A-Station. I'm not going to take that away from them. But it's just hard to trust because of the track record that they're developing and the experience that that even I had. It's just, God forbid, another situation happens like that or something similar. I have to think twice now about doing that instead of, you know, handling it myself now or, or getting another family member or doing something else. They're almost like the last resort. And it sucks that it's like that, but they did it to themselves, man. What do you say to that, 
uh, Candyman, are, are you like if a situation happened, would you be hesitant to call the cops because of well, the trust factor? Here's something that I had said in a personal conversation. Um, I feel like there are certain instances where the police should not be called. So, like for example, let's say you 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 and a family member are, ho- are home alone, right? And then your family member starts having a mental health crisis or a mental health breakdown. For the life of me, I don't know why people call the police. The police are not trained to to deal with. They're not mental health experts. They're not social workers. They're not right. trained to deal with people who are going through emotional distress and and mental health and mental health crises. You know, especially on the spot. So. I feel like in those situations they shouldn't be called because look at uh look at Daniel Prude for example was having a, a mental health crisis and what did they do? They put a they they put a, a hood over his head and he suffocated to death. So it's just again they're not mental health professionals so it defeats the point of of having them called and then I feel like the cops like especially like once somebody gets combative. Now they feel they have the right to subdue them any way possible. You know what I mean? Right. So. Totally right. I mean, and also, um, I've I haven't been in these situations where I've had to call police often, but th- it is true. Like, you know, sometimes you call police and you're 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 in danger at that moment, and by the time they get there, you've already been damaged, hurt, dead, whatever. And it's funny because they have precincts in every neighborhood. And sometimes these people that call 911, they live five minutes or less from the precinct. But it takes a half hour to 45 minutes for the cops from that precinct to get to these people that call them for help. Why is that? Yeah, it took two hours in my case. Mm, See, good question. I'll give you an example. Um, Back in uh, 2014, I got in a car accident. Um, in the Bronx on a major Deegan, uh, right, right down the block from Yankee Stadium when I was uh, working out there. Took the cops almost close to three hours to come. Now, if I was injured, thank God I was okay. But like, if I was injured or I had like some real injuries or, you know, I was bleeding out, I'd have been dead by the time they got there. So, that just goes to show you. Wow. I had a situation where my house was burglarized. I called the cops, man. It took them forever to get here. And, you know, nothing was followed up or anything like that. And it was like, it's like, what the hell? But um, I got another record directly to share with you guys. The Ghetto Boys came out with a record that was just as hard as if the police, crooked officer, and Scarface does not waste any time where, you know, he said um, black suits, white suits, and state troops. That's the way you made us. Send a nigga to the penitentiary is how you play us. Locks us up for the summer. Took the nigga's name away and passed his ass a number. Just because you legally pack a gap, man, doesn't necessarily mean you have to point it at a black man. I say that to say this. Every time I ever got pulled over, and I'm going to say it, I've only been pulled over twice and even to this day i get traumatized when i'm driving and i hear the police sirens my heart jumps because i don't know who they're after 
and you know they pulled up on me i'm afraid i'm gonna get killed guys i'm afraid i'm gonna have a gun pointed at me right and it's like is there anything that not just speaking for me but i want to hear your guys opinion is there any way to shake that fear or are we just doomed to have that fear when we hear those sirens when we see those cops, is there anything that we as people can do to change that? Anybody could answer that question. Uh, I don't I don't think so. And like I said, uh, when it's the cop versus the civilian, uh, the cop, even if the cop is wrong, the cop feels like they have the leverage and the power. Take, for example, Derek Chauvin. I'm pretty sure at the time he was doing what he was doing to George Floyd, and you could tell by his body language, his facial expressions and reactions, and even the way his eyes shifted around when they read the verdict. He he probably thought that he's a white cop, George Floyd is a is a black man, and that he could get away with what he was doing. Right. Uh, thank thank the good Lord up above that uh, he wasn't able to get away with what he did, ultimately. But um. I feel like when it's cop versus civilian, nine times out of ten, the cop has the power. The cop's going to win. Even though they have body cameras, I feel like the body cameras don't really mean anything in the game. Yeah, you you know what? And and, and my bad to cut you off. I want to ask you about that. What's the point of having them damn things if they do nothing? Well, the body cameras are supposed, allegedly, are supposed to be, you know, if an incident happens... They have video. They have video to investigate to see what went on, which is a good idea. Um, but then, in, in, uh, not everywhere has body cameras. So, like um, in the situation in Kenosha with Jacob Blake, there is no body camera. But even so, with not even just with body cameras, but like we talked about Rodney King before, things have been caught on tape, and the officers still get off. The um, God bless his soul. When when uh, Eric Garner was choked out to death by uh, uh, Daniel Pantaleo, he wasn't even charged, and it's on videotape that he choked the man, and the man told him he couldn't breathe several it's times. It's on tape, exactly. It's on tape. It was on, and in cell phone video is still admissible in court. The last yeah. time I checked. And what yeah. did they do? Not only did they only gave this cop, they only fired him, but they didn't charge him. And furthermore, the person that recorded the video, they went after them and found something to charge them with. So that just goes to show you video, the video don't mean anything. And we've seen in instances, Mm -hmm. and again, body cam, like things have been caught on, on video. Philando Castile was told he was getting stopped for a broken taillight and he ends up dead 20 seconds later. How is, yeah, how is that possible? How does that happen? And the man, the man gets killed in front of his stepdaughter and his girlfriend and that little girl's probably traumatized the rest of her life and and he did the right thing all philando castillo told the cop was listen i do like because you know they do ask you if you have any weapons he says i have a weapon i have a registered weapon i'm licensed to carry and i guess the cop panicked and he went ahead and uh he went ahead and uh killed him and and got off too and the aftermath is on video. I've seen that video countless times, and it's very hard to sit through and hard to watch because I'm watching a man take his last breath with blood pouring out of his chest. Exactly. exactly. So, yeah, man, like, I always feel in every one of these situations where 
a cop approaches a civilian, the cop always has the leverage. Let me um, get into the Tupac record. You did touch on that earlier, Candyman. So, I mean, Rev, you've, you know the situation, the moment when Pac made those songs and made those lyrics. He said he didn't have a criminal record until he got a record deal. Yeah. Cops harassed Pac. They beat him up. They did all these things to him. Let me tie that into currently. I'm disappointed in a lot of hip-hop artists that don't speak up. Do you feel it's the fear of being attacked by the police, why they won't speak up? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Talk about it. Digress into it. No, it definitely is. There's some guys who quote-unquote, don't want the smoke with the police. They're scared. They want to protect their business. And it, it it's not easy being an MC, being a rapper in this game. I think Jim Jones recently said it, that hip-hop is like the most deadliest game. You know, not only got to worry about beef with other rappers, but you do got to worry about the police as well. Tupac got beat up for jaywalking. Like, right. if that's not targeting, I don't know what is. Right, what is that? Yeah, I mean, there's other ways to go about it too with getting the message across. Like, like large professor, friendly game of baseball. You know, he had all these metaphors, correlated it to a baseball game, and made a dope ass song. And the baby and Roddy Rich, we spoke about earlier. Yes, sir. They made Rockstar, and you know, like you guys said at the BET Awards, great video. Everyone, you know, can somewhat relate to it even if you haven't been through it because you're seeing these images like we spoke about with the body cam and everything um i feel like it's certain mcs i don't want to say it's their job but there's a certain expectation of them to speak out and to do things like with kendrick he got a lot of heat because he was quiet during these times but at the same time you kind of got to respect his psyche as well because him coming from L.A., him coming from Compton, he's seen this his whole life. That's right. He, he might have needed a break from all this. And for the record, he was marching. He just didn't publicize it. But personally, I was expecting, like, maybe a record or something. But I respected his silence as well. Yes. And as it once was said, it was time for the streets to talk. Which right. the people were doing most of the talking and protesting. And like I said, I just don't want to force it to be certain guys' jobs, but it is nice to hear from the forefront of the hip-hop artists and MCs to kind of make a statement sometimes, and it does help, especially you got a guy like J. Cole who people love, and, you know, if he says anything, the world listens. So he says something about George Floyd or anything like that, he can lead a revolution, but at the same time, we do got to respect their psyche in this as well. Absolutely. Totally right. And, um, you know, we're all human beings, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're not forcing anybody to say anything. Not everybody could be political. Not everybody could be an activist. So, you know, you, you, you use what you can when you can. Candyman, I'm going to throw this lyric at you. And well, can song. I can I add on something to that before you do? No, no, no. Go ahead. No, no, no. So, also, it's artist's personal choice. Like, uh, for example, I don't know how well-versed you two are in Lil Wayne's story. But uh, Lil Wayne, when he was about nine, ten years old, um, was playing with a loaded gun in the house. 
I remember shot that. himself accidentally, and yeah. the cop who he refers to as Papa John ended up saving his life. And from that point forward, Lil Wayne, because a cop saved his life, will never make any type of anti-police record. So, I feel like everybody has their own personal motivation. Lil Wayne is also a guy who said he's never experienced racism in his life, which, coming where he comes from, I could never understand, but, you know? Yeah, I don't get that either, because wasn't he involved in an incident with Ja Rule, where the cops got to them and, 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 and profiled them and and lock them up. Did something got, like that happen in New York? Yeah, and also you got to remember he's from Louisiana. Louisiana is deep south. There's David Duke was was the most as racist as they come in office. So I don't know how he could honestly say that he never experienced racism, but to each their own. But I feel like a lot of these artists, for whatever reason, they just all have their personal reasons. Some of them, their family might be a cop. Some of them, like uh. Is notorious. Look at um, as much as as much as I don't want to bring up Big Suge in this episode. Look at Big Suge. He uh the Rampart scandal. He had uh, he had all types of LAPD uh as security for death row. Yeah. David Mack being one of the one of the biggest culprits. So, everybody's got their their own personal reason. Yeah. And and you have a right to. Um. It all depends on what you've been through and how you feel, and which 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 brings me to the Nas record, where he says white kids are brought in alive, black kids get hit with like five, get scared, you panic, you're going down. The disadvantages of the brown, how the hell are the parents gonna bury their own kids, not the other way around. Reminds me of Emmett Till. Let's remind them why Cap News. Everything he said on this record is true. We've seen a, a situation where you had this white kid with a with an automatic rifle. Not one bullet was fired his way. Automatic rifle. But people who are black get shot with no guns, no nothing. What's going on here? So when you hear a record like that, it's the truth. Uh, well, if I may say, and I've had this uncomfortable conversation in, uh, in, in my workplace, my, my real life workplace, you know, we all have jobs outside of rap lab, but, um, I recently, as of, as of a couple months ago, had a conversation with a, with a white coworker and I told him, I said, listen, you getting pulled over by the cops, um, may turn into, uh, a funny story that you can tell at a social gathering a couple months down the line. Me getting pulled over by the cops, I may not come out of that alive. And that's the truth. Rev, what do you think? Man, who you better think, than Nas, but... Yeah. No, I mean, you think we're doomed? You think we're doomed that way? In reference to, you know, you asked that earlier, yeah. I was going to say, just pray and just be who you are. And be pleasant. Just put your best foot forward. I know it's cheesy, but what else can you do, man? If you're going to bring bad energy, if you're going to bring defense mechanisms out and get brash and loud, you're going to lose. Yeah. Automatically, you're going to lose. You're giving them a reason. 
I'm not saying you gotta kiss ass. I'm not saying you gotta like, hey sir, hey officer, what what seems to be the problem here? No, just go about. Listen, there's the cliche of good cop, bad cop, and that's for a reason. That's you right. don't know what you're gonna get. You may get the good cop. You may get the bad cop. Right. But bringing a good disposition and being yourself, I I gamble with that before getting defensive before. Getting myself in a fray and panicking and everything. I'm, you know, I've had different kind of confrontations with cops. Good, bad, anything under the sun. Like I spoke about earlier, I've been punched by one. Yeah. You know, but screamed that in my face in a Yankee parade by one for no wow. reason. <laughs> for no reason. I don't, but, yeah. And I've had some who've actually been cool. I've actually had some who've given my weed back to me, believe it or not. Because they was looking for, for for harder drugs, for white, oh, for right, right, all types right. of stuff. So I, I've been on both sides of the ball here. And every time, even if I was, even if it was a bad situation, I still try to be pleasant. I still try to be respectful because I'm representing myself. I'm representing my family. I'm just trying to bring the values that I was taught to the table at first. Because if somebody does be wrong based off of that, I could still look back and be like, I did the right thing. At the end of the day, if whoever wants to judge, the media, anyone else, I have to look at myself in the mirror and come to terms with, did I fuck up? What could I have done better? But if I could look and be like, yo, you did the right thing, man. It was just circumstance. I'll be all right with that. My man. And like you said, it's good to have Nas who, you know, who we look at as as a teacher, as a big brother and father figure to mention situation that went down and, and kudos to Kanye for producing a record like this. Do, do you think that Andre, they pulled him because he was like scared like we spoke about of speaking up against the cops, you think? Uh, you know or what? that political or something? Record label shit. It could be it could be a little bit of both because when have we heard Andre really get down like that? Right. That's what I was thinking. It was refreshing to hear that and I wish they did would have put that verse on there, but it could be a little bit of both. It could be personal fear, and it could be the label like, oh no, we don't want to have him associate with that. We don't want that verse on there. So it's like, we might as well cut it. And um, interesting, real, real interesting. Which which brings me to uh, another record, you know, while we're doing this. I want to talk about the Wyclef MOP record. And, and Rev, you you know, you personally added this in here. What is this record that, that I want to get into that? Why is it your favorite? What does this record mean to you? And what does it mean to the message that we're trying to talk about? Just the passion that Bill Dance himself particularly brought in this song. Just questioning the officers. Why? Why can't I just live in my skin and y'all can't just fu- y'all gotta fuck with me? You know, it's it sound it, it sounds like a little of a plea, but it was a lot of anger in it. And Wyclef perfect harmonizing on it, man. Normally I'm not one for him with the harmonizing and the hey, all that, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan of that yeah. either. But he, he, he did bring that in here. In this song, it went with it so good. Yeah. It went with it so good. Even the sound effects with the with the with the police sirens and everything and the ad libs, MOP. I feel like this is one of the most underrated songs, like correlating with cops, man. Because 
you know, they're talking about the hip hop cops. Right. They're talking about getting targeted for being MCs, you know, rolling with their crew and everything like that. So I feel like it's a super important song because it represents everything that these rappers are going through when they go on tour, when they doing their shows and everything. And I think anybody could relate with Bill Dams with what he was saying. If you're an MC of your rapper, even if you're just a regular cat who's not in that profession, you know, because he 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 definitely brought a, a a lot of light and attention to the hip hop cops targeting these rappers. Yeah, totally. They sh- they they actually shined a light on what was what was happening because when you hear something and 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 uh, Candyman, I can ask you, hip hop cop. Is that really necessary? Why, why, why do we need cops to patrol hip-hop artists? Uh, well, that's that's a very easy one. Uh, I know for a fact that when Tupac, and I know we've talked about Tupac a lot here. Talk about. But, but when he was alive, um, and now we're not just talking about regular law enforcement. We're talking about the, the FBI. They were afraid that his message would would cause an uprising. Um, prior to his death, a couple of years before, and his first album, Tupacalypse Now, was involved in a, a strange incident where a gentleman was pulled over in Texas by the state trooper, and they tried to... The, 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 the officer ended up getting killed by the person he stopped, and they tried to blame Tupac for it because the person was listening to Soldier Story while they got pulled up, when they were getting pulled over. So... Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that they target hip-hop artists, one, because they're very influential to the minority community. Um, number two, a lot of them come from and represent people uh, who are underserved in urban areas that are, that are, that are crime-ridden. So I guess, like, you know, if one of these rappers were to say, you know, kill the next cop you see or don't respect police or even the, the whole movement back in 2005 that, the cops wanted to shut down. I know you guys remember the stop snitching t-shirts that everybody mm-hmm. wore to high school. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's things like that. And and a lot of youth, um, they look up to and listen to these rappers. So the, uh, they fear that, that, you know, generations to follow could be influenced. So there's a wide variety of things. And then not to mention a lot of these rappers uh, can't, just can't seem to stay out of legal trouble no matter how hard they try. So it's a variety of factors. It is a big variety of factors, and uh, I remember that whole stop, uh, the whole stop snitching thing. Was it? Was it? Uh, it was an interview with Cameron, right? Oh man, yeah. <laughs> That's what really mm-hmm. put, put people up on there. I'll never forget that interview. With, I a, mean, it, it, it was, was it, it, it was an interview with Cameron, and not only that, Carmelo Anthony was in one of the stop snitching DVDs. Mm-hmm. And if you pay close attention, they, Carmelo was criticized for a tattoo he had. Of the Warner Brothers logo, but instead of the Warner Brothers uh, on there, it said "Warn a brother." That's right. For when, for when the police coming, he caught a lot of flack for that. So, I thought that was a West Baltimore tattoo. No, it says Warner Brothers. So. Oh wow. Yeah, man. Wow, unbelievable. Um, the next record that I want to get into is from my pops, LL Cool J, "Illegal Search," and it goes with what we were saying. And we've heard this line that other people have used. What the hell are you looking for? Can a young man make money anymore? Wear my jewels and life freak it to the floor? Or is it my job to make sure I'm poor? K 
Can't my car look better than yours? Keep a cigar in between my jaws? I drink champagne to hell with cause. Never sold coke in my life. I do tours. Get that flashlight out of my face. I'm not a dog, so damn it, put away the mace. You mean to tell me I can't drive a Mercedes? A black man, I can't drive a Mercedes. Oh, I can't drive a, a good-looking car. I can't wear good clothes and jewelry. Rev, why is that a problem for these guys? Jealousy. A lot mm-hmm. of jealousy. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's safe to say, but I kind of look at LL Cool J like almost as like at the time, like somewhat of like America's sweetheart kind of. Everybody loved him. You, you know, everybody, yeah. you know, mama said knock you out. Um, not from the age of doing it. I guess like in the late 80s and early 90s. Right. Yeah, he was a likable dude. He wasn't one to be, he wasn't like NWA or Ice Cube or anything like, like Super Brash or anything. So when he made that, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, wow, he goes through it too. Yep. And it brings like that. It doesn't matter how gangster, what set you rep, how hood you are, how tough you are. If you... If if you fit the description, you gonna get messed with, regardless. If you have, it, it happens even today. If you're Correct. in an expensive car or you're driving a Jaguar, you're gonna get pulled over, especially if you're black or Latino, because they're gonna shame. automatically thinking that you're selling drugs or doing something you're not supposed to. It's like, why can't I have a dope ass nine to five that I went to college to eight years for how come i can't own this car like what are y'all because y'all ain't do it exactly yeah and i, I like hard for that yes. yeah and i like the message ll cool j had projected on that song because you know like i said he's not like the most brash mc at the time yeah he's one of the best battle rappers you know as we oh, as we spoke about but yes he's not known for his for his outlandish you know, fuck the police kind of songs and stuff. So I- I'm glad someone like him made a song like that because it, it shows that it happens to everybody in hip hop or anybody just black and Latino. That's right. Um, Candyman, we know how you, you know, like the lavish things, you know, the good clothes, the cars, the jewelry. Like, you hear the records in Illegal Search. Going along with what Rev said, what do you feel about that? I feel like I feel like as you know as a as a black man in America they expect us to not have nice things and if we have nice things that to them uh to them that means that we we acquired them by illegal means whether we sold dope or we robbed somebody or we stole something you know what I mean like to them it's like oh there, there's no, there's no room in, in, uh, in, in blue collar America for the black man, and I feel like that's a, a messed up way to look at African Americans and Latinos as a people. That every time somebody has to, uh, ha- uh, drives a, a brand new car, whether it's a, a Lexus or a Beamer or a Legend or a Benz, the, uh, the initial assumption is. That's not their car, or how did they afford that? Especially because a lot of these cops, like, I don't know if people know this, but a lot of these cops, they don't get paid that much. You have people who work in retail who make more than than police. That's right. So, you know, so I guess it's also like what Rev said, a bit of jealousy as well. They're like, oh, so how could they afford this, but I can't, and my job is harder. 
Does that bother you? Like if you if you if you work so hard and you and you and you manage to get a good car, like you know, and, and I mean the car is the car for me. But let's say you do want that Mercedes Benz. Let's say you do want that BMW. Would you? Would any of you? Anybody could ask this. Would you be hesitant to buy it out of that worry alone? No. Nah, being 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 worried. Okay, I I get <laughs> this. I know I'm going to get pulled over because I'm a minority and I got a better car than they do. Mm-hmm. Is that in the back of your mind, or you just you say, you know what? I'm I, I I made the money. This is my car. I'm getting it. Yep, that's how I feel. I'm still buying it, and I know it comes with risk of being pulled over in confrontation. As I spoke about earlier, still going to bring the same disposition as I would bring to anybody else and just be myself. Mm -hmm. And it is taking a risk. But if you work hard for it and that's something that you want, can't nobody really should be able to control you like that and make you live in fear. I mean, there's, there's levels to it. That's like if you have, you know, a brand new red Averex, a beautiful jacket, leather jacket. You ain't going to go walking through Brownsville with it, are you? You know? No, sir. <laughs> there, no, that, sir. Like I said, there's different levels to it. But if you have a Jaguar car, like, I don't understand why you can't go out and floss. Especially if, you know, you're a young bachelor or just or just somebody who just likes the lavish things. Like, Yeah, yeah. You want to look good when you're out there. So you should have every right to, to, to you know. But be prepared to answer the questions, though. Mm-hmm. Hold over. Just know that it, it comes with the territory. It pays the cost to be the boss. So... If you're making that purchase, understand that it's a possibility. Don't act like, you know, you above approach or anything like like that if you can go make that kind of purchase. so Right. Where'd you get the car? Did you steal it? Who's right. is it? Like, <laughs> you know, you can't take that too personal because, like you, like we were saying, like, it comes with the territory. It's a stupid question, and you're going to look at it like, yo, really? Y'all really? But if you just deal with it and get it out the way, hopefully it'll be just a quick exchange, and you go about your business right in your car and... Guess what? You leaving them in the dust, and they the ones that gotta live with whatever profession they chose. Now, I'm gonna throw this lyric to you, Candyman. First, it's uh, "Constables" by the OC. Yeah. Of course, yeah. of course, of course, Rev, you could go with this as well. But this is this is the line that I that really stuck out to me. He said, "You see me coming out my building, all types of days and nights, wondering if I got a nine to five. Those I always do." So you cry, I spy, I flash in, go smile, you in the corner of my eye, walk and I feel the hawk over right to the side. It's over from the act, lyrics start to walk live, shoplift or what? Then I start to jog, hair and speed accelerated from the J.H. car. Why is it that, looking at that, because Candyman, you work these crazy hours. Rev, I'm sure you've worked these crazy hours. Have you ever found yourself in a situation late at night, you're walking, and all of a sudden you 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 just get that feeling that a cop is following you or just stalking you or looking at you and thinking that you're doing something or you did something illegal? You ever had that? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, so for those who don't know, uh, up until recently, I was working in uh, Oyster Bay out in Long Island. Oyster Bay is as racist of a town as you could possibly come across. Um, the population is about 93% white. And um, from the moment I, I set foot in that town for the first time, I was getting weird looks. I was working in CVS out there. And, um, yeah, I'm at, mind you, I'm working there. And, like, people are giving me the shady eye. And, mind you, I'm just there working. Like, 
You want Tylenol? Go down aisle four. You want baby diapers? They're in aisle three. You 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 want a uh, iced tea? It's in the freezer. Like you know what I mean? Like nothing. I'm, I'm I pose no threat. And even so, like there was one time, one of my first nights out there, I went to go buy Lotto in the Speedway, and the cops were in there and they was looking at me like I didn't belong there. So I I get the dirty looks. I feel like uh I, I like when I go in those places, I get watched closely. And uh, all because, you know, I don't look like anybody that's from around there. And then even so, like, I get people like, you know, they, they, they try to, to mask it as small talk when they come with their uh, million items that they want to ring up. And they be like, oh, you from around here? Like, I, I, I covertly, I know what that means. Mm. That's right. And, and, and why is it region? You see, you see, you mentioned Oyster Bay, right? Yeah. Why is it in that certain locations is different from everywhere else, and it has to do with racism involving the police? Oh, you're not from this neighborhood. What you doing out here? Fear and entitlement. Mm. Um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see them. Oh, no. I I heard about it. I heard about that. Yes, talk I'm, about uh, it. I'm I'm unfamiliar with what you're speaking of. If you can yeah. enlighten me, tell us about it. It was super painful to watch. I actually don't advise people to um watch it because it is a lot of like black pain and stuff. But what um, is it? Is it a documentary? Oh no no no! It's actually a series. It is about um a family that moves from the south to California, and this is when African American folk were migrating to the Midwest and um to the West as well, and because um in the south. They had uh, after um, the Civil War and everything like that, and the, when the slaves was free, um, a lot of African Americans were still getting a lot of heat there. So they decided to pretty much go to the West and the Northeast as well. So this family goes out to the West. They actually go to Compton, and wow. it's predominantly white over there at the time. And in throughout the episodes. The black family, they get a lot of heat and the whole community, the whole neighborhood is doing everything they can to make them feel unwelcome just so they can move. And I feel like, you know, to get off the topic of that movie, but it relates to what's going on with places like Oyster Bay and everything like that. They do that so we don't get comfortable and we don't move into, quote unquote, their territory. Yeah. Well, and that's well, what I say about the fear and entitlement. It's funny you mention that because a lot of the people that live in that area are older people. And if you ask them where they grew up, they grew up in Queens. They grew up in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys, like, in the 80, late 80s, early 90s, and a lot of these neighborhoods that um, are now predominantly black, they weren't always predominantly black. They were, like 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 Reb said, they were they were predominantly white. And we all know about the white flight of the 90s. People moved out of Brooklyn, Queens, and they headed out east to Long Island. Because once one black family moved in on the block, another black family came. And, and, and that just made a segue to let pe- uh, people of color know that they could be homeowners, too. You know and, what that reminds me of? What's up? Bensonhurst. Bensonhurst. Yeah. 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 So black the situation start- that went down out there. Yep. Uh, and, and black people started moving in. And that's when the white flight occurred. So now 
when people out there like at Oyster Bay probably see me, they're probably thinking to themselves, oh, no, we, we got away from that 30 years ago, and they're following us here now. Well, where are we going to go? There's nowhere else left for us to go. It, it got to the point where, uh, from what I've been told in the early 90s and the late 80s, people were moving to Long Island and building houses on land. They weren't buying houses. They were buying lots of land to build houses on because that's how they that's how bad they wanted to get away amazing you can't it's like it's like it's like you can't live nowhere and you got to worry about that i had a situation in howard beach i used to work in howard beach sometimes and then and, and they and they looking around like oh what you doing out here we never well, seen you before what's well, your yeah, business they, here they got history out there oh god do they bro I was, it was even though the family I was working with at the time, I'm in the mental health field. I love the family still to this day. I still talk to them, but it was crazy out there, man, getting followed and you know being asked questions. Like, like, come on, I'm just here to work, man. I'm not bothering nobody. Um, the last record I definitely want to get into as we as we as we start to wrap this up. Thank you guys for hanging in there and, 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 and digressing and getting personal. And I hope everybody's learned something from it. Word. Crumb Snatcher, M.O.P. from the Training Day soundtrack. This is one of my favorite songs. I just love, 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 love the pain that Billy Danes went in, man, with that second verse. The whole song is fire. But what I loved what he said was for every 211, and every 187, my niggas is to blame. What happened to Diallo was a mother shame. How about if I spit 41 at you and end the game? Mm. All all disrespect intended to any lieutenant who feel offended by the way I represented. This is the frustrations of what happened. This is fresh in our mind about the Amadou Diallo situation. 41 shots at this one man that had a wallet in his hand. When I hear a record like that, I just I just get hyped and get amped. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's the truth. It's and, and so so let me let, let me ask you guys to get into that. I'll start with you, uh, Candyman. With this, it's like the police. Those that those are those that are involved in this incident, they look at us as threats. Which is why they use this crazy excessive force with firing 41 shots, 50 shots, doing all this crazy physicality stuff to us because they, they, it's like they're afraid of us, but they're the ones with the weapons. Why is that? You know, uh, you know why, you you know why? Because they are afraid. Uh, I'm going to bring up a name and I don't know if you guys have heard this name or familiar with this name, but uh, it was an incident that happened here in Brooklyn. I want to say around like 2013, 20, yeah, 2012, 2013. Young man by the name of Akai Gurley. Uh, the cops were in the projects, uh, the pink houses on Linden Boulevard. And um, they, the staircase, the, the lights in the staircase weren't working. So the staircase is dark. He's going in the staircase to go downstairs and the cops get startled and, and fire off uh, accidental discharge ends up killing him. I firmly believe a lot of these cops, they go to these bad neighborhoods, and they're especially the rookie cops, and they work these horrible shifts, the graveyard shifts, where, you know, you go to certain, you like, you know, you don't want to go to a certain neighborhood in a cer- at a certain time of day, because, you know, once the sun go down, it's like the Wild West. So I think a lot of them are fearful for their lives, which I can't blame them, because you tell me I got to be in one of the most dangerous projects uh, 
uh, staircase at three o'clock in the morning and the lights don't even work. You know, I would be scared, too. But at the same time, it's like. You know, cops have flashlights. Why Why didn't you use it? So I firmly believe a lot of them are. A lot of them are afraid of, of, of one thing or another, especially in today's climate, because, like I said, not all cops are bad cops. Actually, uh, in a past life, when I was a wrestling referee on an indie scene, uh, a couple of uh, wrestlers, uh, their real-life job, uh, when they weren't on the road every weekend wrestling, they, they were cops. So, and some of them are good people. So, you know, uh, but I, I can't blame them for, for being scared in those in those situations. I agree with that. And I'm familiar with that too. But um, at the same time, that also goes, that also goes to show that the recruiting of the force needs to change because why are they recruiting people who, who are, who, who they should be recruiting people who are, well, I mean, I know it's going to, this is going to be crazy to say, but they should be recruiting people that are comfortable in those conditions and under those situations. You know what I mean? Like they, I agree. Claim, they, they claim they give a psychological test as part of the recruitment effort, but it doesn't really show. Yeah. I remember it, that incident too in the pink houses. That was, that was great. And they made an example out of that cop. Yep. Rev, what do you think of that? Do you feel it's the fear that yeah. they're, they're intimidated by us? They're afraid of us. Yeah. I, 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 I do believe that. And once again, with the jealousy, I think it, it kind of goes back to that. And, we did speak about they don't make much in their salary, and we all feel underpaid to a degree. Teachers, police, technicians, union guys, we all, you know, we all want a little more. But if you sign up to do a job, you should know what it is coming with. Correct. Benefits and all that, pay range, all that. You sign, I always say you sign up to do this job. You knew what you was waking up in the morning to do. Mm-hmm. So to take it out on somebody else, that's not fair. Do something else then, because you can. There's schools for it. There's trades for it. It's all out there. Don't That's come right. out and take it out on on me because of the color of my skin, or how I dress, or because you had a bad day. That's not fair. Exactly. It's not fair at all. Wow. Um, this was indeed powerful. And th- thank you, Candyman, for letting me facilitate and, and drop the car here. Absolutely. Rev, Rev, thank you for being open and transparent and speaking on your experiences. You too, Candyman. And I I just want to say this real quick. I don't. I want to. I don't know if you guys know about this, but um, I just want everybody out there to check out for Forty Cal's missing daughter. Yeah, sort of. I want to put that out there. She uh, attends. uh, She's from Buffalo University. I don't want to mess up your name, baby girl. It's uh, Sanaya or uh, Sania. S-A-N-I-Y-Y-A. She's been missing. So please, 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 if anybody's out there, if anyone has seen her, please contact the authorities. Find her. Bring her home safe. I'm just putting that out there. Her name is Sanaya or Sania. I don't want to mess her name up. She was at Buffalo University. If anyone has heard anything please contact the family contact somebody let them know bring baby girl home safe i just want to put that out there amen we're wishing for her uh, safe return 
be. Uh, it's a wrap. This is the wrap, lab, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, again, if any of you have been affected by what's been happening with the police, if you yourself has been a victim of police brutality, do like what my guy Rev said. You know, you know, we need faith. We gotta have faith in that that someday things will get better. And if not for us, then for our children someday. Yep, and uh, just before we get off the air here today, again, we are not anti-police. If you think that our views are anti-police, then that is uh, incorrect. We're just trying to bring to light a serious issue that's been going on for far too long and needs to be uh, overhauled. And hopefully that Derek Chauvin verdict will be the start of uh, uh, justice for uh, all future... uh, police brutality victims uh not just in america but across the world amen that's right and with that being said uh we'll see y'all next week peace peace